Praise the Lord. Great day to be alive on the planet Earth. Amen. <laughs> I tell folks there's no other planet I'd rather be on than planet Earth. Yeah? <laughs> All right. We're going to be looking this morning a little bit uh, about the story, Christmas story. Um, anybody here heard of the carbon tax? <laughs> How many know the carbon tax wasn't the first tax that w- there ever was? Amen. We go, we're going to go into our story this morning, and we're going to read a little bit, and I'm just going to pick up here in Luke chapter 2. At the time, uh, at, the, at that time, now this is the time when Jesus was being born. Try to keep in mind, too, we're, we're looking at, at what I call the backdrop, the behind the scene of what, what I want to move into. Here's, here's uh, God in the, wanting to communicate with man. Hungering to, to get back into relationship with man since the fall. And that, that was going to be a difficult thing. How was he going to do that? And so he sends his son to bring us into relationship with him. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can cut to the Father. Woo! Except through me. Wow. So we're going to look this morning at how he was born, how he came into the world. Okay. At that uh, time, Emperor Augustus ordered a consensus to be taken throughout the entire Roman world. And the reason he's doing that was because he wants to get people con- control. Anybody deal with control in the in society, the world we live in? They, just rec- uh, in the last few years, they, they've tried to control the social media, right? Why are they doing that? Because <laughs> they want to control us as people. But... This is not the first time this has ever happened. So a lot of what we're experiencing in our world today, right, is is this being repeated, nature or history repeating itself. So they're getting ready to uh, get a consensus. So here, uh, um, Jesus Christ uh, was born into a world where there was turmoil, where there was, you know, a lot of things happening. That, that you would look at and say, oh, man, what a, what a nightmare. You know, not only was there control, but life was, wasn't worth much. So to take a person out, right, or to have a person killed was just, just the way it was, right? So here, Jesus is born into this, but he came because he cared. You know, he, the, the reality of it is if we study Scripture, we realize that Jesus Christ always was. He never not was. Make any sense what I'm saying? Okay? So he came into the world, okay, to care for us as his people. So he came through this way. I get to preaching here. I didn't get to my sermon yet. <laughs> Anyways, it says that, and when that uh, first, uh, commu- when the first um, consensus take, took place, Quinius was the governor of Syria. Everyone then went to be registered each to his own country. Now, you keep in mind, too, that uh, to go back to register in your own country, that means you had to go to your place of origin. I'm here from uh, Chatham, Ontario, so I'm like 2,500 miles away from my place of origin. So technically, if I would have been today, I would have had to go 2,500 miles to get back so that I could be registered, right? And so this thing Dave, uh, uh, Joseph had to do was quite an undertaking. Plus, here he's got a wife now who's pregnant, so he's got a lot of responsibility on his shoulders, right? 
So he's endeavoring to, to, to do what's right. How many know there's times when doing what's right costs you something? It's not always easy. <laughs> Paying taxes and doing all the things that we as people are supposed to be doing. But here was, uh, uh, here was Joseph, a man of integrity and character, who was doing what was right. Joseph uh, went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to the town of Bethlehem in Judea, the birthplace of the king of King David, or it would have been said uh, David's hometown. Joseph went there because he was a, a descendant of David. He went to register with Mary, who was promised uh, in marriage to him. She was pregnant, and while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to be uh, to have her baby. She um, gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in clothes, and laid him in a manger. There was no room for him in the inn. Imagine that. I mean, I can't imagine having a kid being born, and things are so rough, I've got to put my baby in a, in a feeding trough. That's how Jesus cared for us, man. You know what I'm saying? You know? He could have been born in, in, in a mansion. He could have been born, you know, with gold and silver and all the stuff. And here he was, born to a, a, a young lady, and he's put in, in a feeding trough. If you, if you study that, they, they use the term manger there, but it could actually be also worded as a feeding trough. Could I have my, uh, my uh, starting at verse um, 2 Corinthians starting at verse 8. I'm going to read, uh, can you put that up please? 2 Corinthians, oh, no, pardon me, Luke 2, verse 8. I'll, I'll get it figured out here yet. <laughs> Luke 2, verse 8. And my, what I want to look at to, to, this morning is when heaven comes to earth and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. Again, just kind of average lowly people who were just there. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, about them, and they were terrified. How many know that there's times when you can have an experience in God that can leave you so petrified, so in awe, terrified? So these guys were just minding their own business, doing their thing, you know, taking care of a bunch of sheep. And then all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were terrified. Terrified. Fear. Wow. You know, sometimes we, we think of God, and he's a God of love, and a God of mercy, and every, all those are true. But sometimes he comes in his holiness, and he comes in his righteousness, and you see these holy. And when you talk of holiness... Sometimes it brings fear. Sometimes it brings an emotion that you wouldn't normally expect. But they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy to all people. The best news anybody ever heard was that he was born of a woman. He rose from the dead on the third day. And when they saw him, okay, the ladies saw him, they said, he's not here. Or the angel said, he's not here, he's risen. Glory to God. But he came, you see what I'm saying? Good news. 
I, I used a little story too with her. Some of our ladies here who are married, some of the best news you may have ever heard was when that man said to you, will you marry me? Anybody, any ladies? I ain't getting much response. I don't know. If <laughs> Maybe that wasn't. <laughs> Good news. You know what I'm saying? It's something you're kind of like, wow. But even greater news than, hey, will you marry me? Hey, he, a Savior's coming. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy to all the people. You've got to keep in mind, too, that the backdrop of this is, is that the people were looking. The Jews were looking for some kind of a Messiah, some kind of Savior. Some, they were tired. They were oppressed by the Romans. And they were almost considered second-class citizens. You know, I've been following a little bit of the um, thing that's going on in Jerusalem and we think of this whole Palestinian thing, and all I will say about that is, is that the, the people there are going through some difficult times. But that's just a little taste of what these people lived under all the time. They were under oppression, and they were looking for somebody to give them hope, somebody to give them a sense of, hey, we're not going to have to put up with this thing. I bring you good news of great joy, and yet here he is born a baby. Can you imagine? What's this baby going to do? How's this baby going to change my life? But they didn't know who that baby was. God in the flesh. Today in, this, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah. This will be a sign. You will find the baby wrapped uh, in clothes and laying in a manger. No. Here's the, the essence of what that uh, uh, angel is saying, a Savior has been born. He's the Messiah, the Lord. After some 4,000 years of, of human history up until that point, people were looking for a Savior. And he's saying, hey, this is it, man. This is the one who's going to bring about change. This is the one who's going to transform. Not, the, the problem really wasn't the, the culture people lived in, the problem really was them. You know, when I came to Jesus many years ago, I was just a teenager at that point in time, but I, I realized that my issues weren't really dealing with life on the earth. My, my major issue was me. I was a sinner who needed a Savior. And may I say to you here this morning, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, your biggest problem is you. Amen. Amen. Huh? I don't get too many amens. <laughs> but the biggest problem with you, with us quite often, is us. God wants to change us, and when we get our heart right, then life becomes different. It doesn't necessarily become better. But we become better. We become a, a change. You know, I, I've been a Christian now for more than a couple days. And I realized that, you know, God has changed me. Changed the way I think. Changed the way I do what I do. It's Jesus Christ. He's alive today, church. He's alive in you and he's alive in me if we'll let him. It says here, uh, a sign, uh, the Messiah is... The Lord has been born to you. And he says, and this will be the sign. Hey, guys, I know you're in the middle of life. 
you're busy taking care of some sheep and you're dealing with, you know, can you imagine being out at, at, at night with a bunch of sheep? I mean, how many, how many know that there's a lot of places you'd rather be than out with sheep in the middle of the night? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, right, a, 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 this angel shows up and you're sitting there terrified and, and, and he says, but here's the good news. You know, when, when that was spoken, there's any number of, of other people's groups that God could have spoken to. Could have spoken to kings. He could have spoken to people who were, you know, a little better well-to-do. Sheep, uh, shepherds were considered kind of the lower end of society. But he comes to those guys and he says, hey guys, good news. A Savior has been born. The Messiah. This will be a sign you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. You know what I, I think personally that that wasn't something that you've seen every day. There was something unique, something distinctive about that that you just didn't see. So you, they're, they're looking for a baby in a feeding trough. And he says, you will know lying in a manger, wrapped in clothes. I've heard it said that when the, the, the Jesus was wrapped the, the clothing or the, the, the materials they used was stu- stuff that they, they traveled, okay? They traveled for quite a distance. And it's been suggested that the, the wrappings were for really for burial. So you're on the road, one of your people dies, something happens, and so what do you do? You just throw them in the ground? No, you kind of wrap them up and try to, you know, make things look kind of presentable. So it might have been that Jesus Christ was being wrapped in death clothes, because he ultimately knew that was even before he was uh, as a baby. This kind of a, a kind of a prophetic act is wrapping death around our future Savior. This will be a sign to you: you will find a baby. You know, it's a, it's interesting as I said earlier. They're looking for a Messiah, a Savior, somebody who's going to take him from all this plain and misery. A baby. What's this? But how many know God was working? He had to bring that son into the world. And, and then in verse 13 it said, and suddenly there was a heavenly host with the angel. Jesus praised, Jesus, when he was on the earth and he was talking to his disciples, he said, pray this prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How many have prayed that prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I think most of us have heard it or prayed it. Here's a place where that's being taken place. The, the announcement's been made. Okay, A Messiah, the Lord, has been born. It's a done deal. He's on the earth. Okay, A done deal. The one who was to save the world is here. And he said, this will be a sign you will find a baby. And then it says, a suddenly, a suddenly moment, that the, the angel of the Lord has made a declaration. God sent the angel. And he said, hey, go tell the world a Savior has been born. One who's coming. And he didn't show up the way most people would think, a little baby. He's been born, and he's laying in a manger, and suddenly, 
a company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God. Now, now I, I kind of read that. I used to, you know, over the years I've read some of these scriptures and you say, oh yeah, whatever, you know, Christmas. <laughs> but I find when I begin to study some of these things in a little more depth, I begin to say, oh, wait a minute, hold it. It just wasn't some, you know, a group of angels showed up and da-da-da-da. I, I did a little study and tried to find out exactly what was going on here. And it's possible that there were hundreds, maybe even thousands of angels who showed up. So suddenly, after the declaration has been made, heaven shows, comes to earth in power. You know, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say this, but you wonder, are some, have some of these same angels seen him in his glory? before he ever came to earth. Here he was, I mean, he, when he came to earth, he wasn't, he was, in a, he was in baby form. But before he came, he was God who had ever lived, the Son of God. And here he is now coming as a baby. But those angels may have seen him when he was in his glory, and they're saying, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. There was worship did you know something, folks? You and me have been made to worship. To spend time alone with the Father and worship. What does it mean to worship? I believe it means to honor and to revere and to respect something or someone. We revere, we honor and respect God Almighty. Glory to God. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. You know, the beauty of it is, when we're praying to God in the heavens, God is doing something in us so that his glory can be revealed in us in the, in the earth. As I mentioned earlier, God's doing, have done something in my life. I don't say I've got it all together. Pretty close. But <laughs> little humor folk, laugh, laugh. <laughs> Anyways. The point of it is, is that, you know, in the middle of what's going on, glory to God in the highest heaven, on earth peace. On earth peace. How many know what it is to experience the peace of God? When I first became a Christian many, many moons ago, shortly after as a Christian, I had an experience where all of a sudden, I remember sitting on the edge of my bed, just kind of minding my own business, and all of a sudden I felt this peace, overwhelming peace. I, I didn't know what it, I, you know, I didn't even know how to describe it. Somebody said, well, what are you feeling? I said, I don't even tell you. It's just peace, a sense of, 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 of completeness. Like I don't have to go after, I don't have to get a bigger, nicer, newer, better. I don't have to have a nicer car, live in a nicer home, da 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 Peace was, was on the inside. And he can give you this morning if you're here and you say, you know, I, I, something's missing in my life. He can give you that peace that passes all understanding. Peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. Again, I grew up thinking, okay, that's for all men. You know, peace on earth, goodwill to all, toward all men. But that's not really what it's saying. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace to those who are living according to what he has put in the book. Peace to those who are love him and who are serving him. Peace. 
And I want to say to you this morning, if you don't have that peace, you can have it in Christ. God so loved the world, church, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting hope. Purpose. Destiny. What are you on this planet for? You ever think about that? Why are you here now? I'm not going to pretend to try to, you know, answer that question for everybody, but what I'm saying is he can help you to find that and walk it out. For God so loved the world. I'm going to close. Everybody say amen? <laughs> Joke. <laughs> But what I'm going to do is, I just want to take a minute to pray. And if you're here and you say, I'd like prayer this morning, I'm not going to invite anybody up or anything like that. I'm just going to say, where you're at when when we go to pray, if you feel like, you know, I I really need prayer this morning, I'm just going to invite you just to bow with me. We're going to pray together. And I'm going to ask God to really reveal himself to you. That peace. I've talked about, I'm going to believe God for you and with you that you're going to experience that overwhelming peace. So Lord, we thank you today. We give you praise. We honor you. We glorify you. Father, we thank you that you're king. We thank you that you're Lord. I ask the folks to come up to sing while I'm doing this. We thank you, Father, that you reign today. And we pray for the folks that are here present that you will fill them, that you will touch them. And Father, I pray that there be people that will even leave this service this morning that will never be the same again because Christ is in them. They've opened themselves up. They've yielded themselves this morning. And they're saying yes to Jesus. I just pray all this, Father. We thank you for it. Everybody said? I can't hear you. All right.